I'm, I'm actually, uh, I don't hate it, but I'd rather listen to an audio book or I'd rather something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I, I get it. So I think that for me, I've never, like, when I thought about the project or even put it, crazy enough, I was going to put it out for free. And my mm. friends was like, you crazy. So how much is the book? You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. Welcome back to the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. I am your host, Lex Bibbs. This is episode four. Man, thank you for coming back. Today I am joined alongside one of my friends, man. She is an author, a creator, and a poet. Ooh. Rolanda, welcome to the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. How are you today? What's up, Bibbs? Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm feeling good. Feeling yeah, good, feeling you know, good. despite the rainy day, despite, you know, everything like going on. I like the rain. You like the rain. Rain is refreshing. Rain means, like, something new is about to come. Okay. You feel me? Okay, okay. So, so um, this is episode four. It like, brought us back for a whole other episode. I'm excited. <laughs> but, no, I wanted to bring you on because I met you 15 years ago, and we're going to get into that. So wild. Wow. A long time ago, right? But what's COVID like? COVID life been like for you? Let's start there first. COVID life has actually I've really enjoyed COVID, and I I think I was sharing this with you the other day when we randomly ran into each other that I'm really I think um, not hesitant, but kind of hesitant on how I share that I've been like enjoying this time because I know certain people are like struggling during COVID. But I personally, with my schedule being like so crazy all the time, I'm never home. I don't want to say never. I'm not as home as much as I want to be home. And I think COVID allowed me to be just like present with my family. Yeah. I've been present with like so many people at work, at church, just like outside of my house that I didn't realize that I was not as present in my own home. Like yeah. with my sister and my nephew, with my family and like seeing them, I think I was just like in drive. Although I was present physically, yeah. mentally I was like in drive-by mode. Right. So when COVID happened, I was like, oh, I get to live here in my house that yeah. I pay for. This is nice. And what we, what, what it sounds like and what we kind of talked about when we randomly ran into each other at the, at the smoothie spot the other day was like, COVID is a, it allowed you to slow down and, and relax and rest because we were all running that, Long you know, we were just talking offline about, you know, <laughs> you not being able to come to alumni meetings just because you work and you wear so many hats and you do so many things, but, COVID allows you to rest and chill and, you chill. know what I'm saying, refresh yourself. So, just, personally, it sounds like it's been going really good. What about your professional and your work life? I mean, tell us, what do you do for, for a living? Yeah, I am the site director at a nonprofit called Urban Promise Charlotte. Well, I'm one of three site directors. We have uh, three sites in Charlotte, and Urban Promise provides after-school and summer programming for um, low socioeconomic economic uh, communities. So I lead the site in West Charlotte, right off Freedom Drive. Um, it's amazing. I mean, I get to raise up the leaders of tomorrow, yeah. right? Like our mission is reach a child, raise a leader, restore a community. 
And I think wholeheartedly in doing that, we employ high school students in the West Charlotte community. So students from Philbury, Harding, West Charlotte, all of those like West Charlotte corridors. You didn't schools. say West Mech, man. Come on, man. West Mech a little far. You know, they, they can't right, get there. We got to change that. We got to change that. Dibs, I reached out to you about some West Oh, come kid. on. Okay. Oh, even. <laughs> I brought you to a college for It's whatever. <laughs> um, and we employ them. They, they plan Bible reading, homework help, tutoring, um, reading buddies for our younger kids. And we provide, like, college readiness for them, yeah. Bible, the same support that... They're pouring out to the kids we give to them. So it's kind of like a holistic view of supporting a child. Yeah. It kind of sounds similar to uh, what I do, but, you know, I know you guys take a different route with, like, a faith-based curriculum in a sense. And that's dope. I remember coming out, speaking there about two, three years ago. Yeah, they still remember you, too. I mean, I'm tall, so of course. <laughs> Not I'm tall. But no, that was cool. Um, so as far as, you know, we talked about the professional, the personal, like what have you been doing for fun or what has this season allowed you to do that you haven't done in such a long time? That's a good question. I know you play tennis. That is, that is what I've been doing. So crazy enough, there's like a million people that went to Smith that are still in Charlotte that I just never knew yeah. until like COVID. Yeah. And so I had linked with one of my old teammates and we were just about to get in a groove of playing and then yeah. COVID happened. Yeah. And then so we went back on a hiatus, but now that we're like able to be out in the world, I've been playing tennis consistently, which is exciting. If you don't know, I played at Smith. Way, yeah, way we gonna we gonna definitely talk about way, that. You know, I mean, you kind of went you kind of went there on like a scholarship, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So let's get into it. You know, I I believe you are from Charlotte because I know you went to Providence High School. Cringe. I'm from Guyana. Excuse me. Listen, but you might as well call Charlotte my second home. Yeah. So when did you come to Charlotte? I let me see. I moved to the United States in '01. We came to Charlotte probably '03. Okay. So it's like so your paper's still home. legit. You good? You, you ain't gonna talk <laughs> yes. about that. I'm officially a United States citizen. Okay. You know. Okay. I ain't gonna snitch on you. Know it's now. a reward out there if you snitch on people. I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you from Charlotte, by way of. By way of Guyana. Yep. So, how did you, you know, I know this story, but tell the audience how did you hear about Smith? Yeah. How did you land at JCSU to play tennis and that whole story? Yeah, it's wild. So I went to Providence High School for two years. <laughs> Privileged high school. <clears throat> not, I did not like it at all. Yeah. I, my sophomore year, I would literally go in the bathroom and cry every day before class. Because, why, why, talk like about you that. Said, it was a very privileged high school, and I came from nothing, you know? My... Mom was an immigrant, she's a single parent, um, struggling really just to like get by in life. And then my aunt, who was living in Charlotte, was like, Providence is the best place, it's one of the best schools in Charlotte. And I just did not like it. Like the only reason I think I survived was because I played sports. Yeah. So I ran track and I cheerleaded and I had like a community of people. But outside of that, like the kids were, racist, mm. 
You know, and I probably so wasn't able to. This make is this. like what early two thousands, right? Yeah, this was. Let me see. I got the Smith in 08, so 04, mm -hmm. 04 ish, 05 ish. Yeah. Yep, yep. You know, they're rich kids, yep. and I didn't. Yeah, much money. Right, right, right. Not that the that not that money defines wealth, but so it sounds like it was a bad experience. But like, it has to be something that you took away from that, like something, one thing. From J from, from Providence. Providence, you know what I'm saying? That maybe the still people, stick the people. There's still some friends, some lifelong friends I have that went to Providence. Okay. Like I was in my girl's wedding just two years ago. And she, like, I met her at South Charlotte, and then we went to Providence together. Okay. Um, but then transitioned to South. But while at Providence, you know, I came to Urban Promise. Not Urban Promise. Upper, Upper Bounds. Bound. Yep. <laughs> Upper Bound, if y'all don't know, it's like a college prep program. That's actually where I met Bibbs. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Crazy. That's so wild. Young Bibbs. Fresh out of school Bibbs. <laughs> Super young Bibbs. He used to wear tall tees. <laughs> Who didn't wear tall <laughs> tees in 0405? Lean with it, rock with it. You know right. what I mean? That was the super, that was the, super tall. Tees. Whatever, man. Right. So I got to <laughs> upper bound my freshman year, and you know, in upper bound we used to have like electives, mm -hmm. and I played tennis for Coach Cup um, in the afternoons. I actually did not want to go Smith. It was not on any list of mine. Yep. Like, I was going to a, a top school. I was Chapel Hill, NC State, UNC Charlotte. Those were, like, my top three schools. And I got waitlisted to Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. I about cried. I was like, what the freak? How? Why would you ever waitlist me? Like, I'm the bomb. Yeah. And then I got into State and Charlotte, but nothing felt like Smith did. And it was crazy because it was one of my high school teachers that was like, apply there anyways. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I'd been there four years. Yeah. What else could be left for me to do at JCSU? Right. Like, I know everybody. I know the camp. Like, I don't want to be here. But then I visited State, and I visited Chapel Hill, and I visited UNC Charlotte, and, like, nothing felt like Smith. Nothing felt, I like that. Nothing felt nothing like Smith. Nothing felt like nothing. Smith. So I always tell people, I'm like, really? Smith chose me? Yeah. And then when my grades, which were popping... And then Coach Cup offered me a scholarship to play for So him. you you got a partial, like what, uh, athletic and partial academic? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So I went to Smith for free. Okay, yeah. Say that. <laughs> Pop your stuff. Listen, praise God. <laughs> I, I, I felt the feeling. I felt like I was going to get a scholarship. They gave it to me. They nah, gave that's it to dope. Me. Well, you know, Smith give out money if you have a three or higher. Absolutely, absolutely. So I was racking up all them coins. Yeah. Um, so outside of tennis, like, were you involved in anything else? Uh, I like to think I dabbled in some talk stuff. Talk about it. Talk about <laughs> it. Uh, well, if you don't know me, I was former Miss Johnson T. Smith. Oh, hold on. Let's say that again. <laughs> <laughs> the former Miss Johnson C. Smith. Okay. 2011-2012. So I, I got a queen on the podcast. Oh, gosh. Okay. Don't even hype. <laughs> Don't even hype. Um, of course, I played tennis. I was yeah. a student ambassador. I was uh, actually the one student that 
travel with Dr. Phil to Haiti. Um, okay. For those of you that go there now and know that there's a sustainable garden, I was part of that whole process of that happening and that yeah. starting, um, getting Haitian students to come and study at JCSU. You know, just a plethora of things. Okay. Really, I just used to be spending Spitz money. Like, wherever they wanted to send me on a... Whether it be for science, because I was a double major in bio. Yeah, but I asked, what was your major? Yeah, I was a double major in bio and chem. So the science or the STEM community is a really tight-knit community. So if you're really good in with your teachers, like, they will put you on to opportunities. Yeah. So if there was a field trip, a conference, anything that Smith was Kathy sending Kathy Jones me, was sending you. <laughs> look. They were going to send you. I was going. Yeah, okay? why not? I was going. I mean, I've been yeah. to At Atlanta, Texas, Vermont, like pretty much everywhere on the East yeah. Coast. Yeah, no, I um, I was joking with uh, a friend, Tyrell Hughes, today. He actually hit me up. Smith sent us to Philly. That was my first time in yeah. Philly. They flew us out there, like put us up at a nice hotel. Fancy. Nice conference, man. Uh, I got this crazy Allen Iverson story, you know what I mean? Well, whatever. But <laughs> I want to go back to something that you said because you are a former queen of the illustrious Johnson C. Smith University. What made you decide, you know what? That looks like an opportunity that I want to try at. I want to run yeah. for Ms. Johnson C. Smith. Walk us through that thought process. What was that aha moment like? You know what? I think I want to do that. It was at uh, Shakira's um, coronation. My mom came because I was Miss Cap Alpha Psi okay. that year. So I was. You didn't want to run for Miss PBS? <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. I had teammates that were Kappas, <laughs> and they were like, "Come shout out to Nettles. Right, come do this pageant." I got I'm you. Like, I'm cool, messing. Cool. Shout out to the Kappas. Shout out to the Kappas, some of the homies, AE for life, you know. I guess, are y'all AE too? We are AE, but you know, it, it's cool. <laughs> oh, I guess it's AE cool. For life. So you saw Shakira, your mom came to coordination. Yeah, yeah. So Tenoria Hill was, you know, my queen. Yeah. You know, that's everybody's queen. Out of Ohio. Shout out to me. Um, but it was, I was in Shakira's coronation, so my mom came and she saw it and she was just like so elated. I had never thought about running for Miss JCSU until I saw my mom's like reaction to the whole process. My mom used to do pageants back in the day, back in Guyana. She yeah. was like a pageant person. And I had a sister that used to be in like all these pageants. And when I saw her got so happy at like this event, I was like, I'ma run. Yeah. Just for my mama. Yeah. So she could live vicariously through me. Not saying that that's what she wanted to do, but I think that's what I internalized when I saw but her But what's that crazy is that back in those golden era days, no pun, right? You had, like, legit competition to run for Ms. Oh, Johnson yeah. C. Smith. There were nine Nowadays, girls. you could kind of run, like, by yourself, and you're just going to win by default. No shade. It's just not a, like shade. It's just not a thing. No, for real. Like you had to legit like be about your business, your community yeah. service. Now it's almost like, yo, like I Who's bet nobody else is running. All right, her. It was funny because I heard that um, depending on how many people run is based on the queen before, like how great she was as a queen. 
Mm. So the year I ran, it was like nine girls yeah. running for Miss JC. And I know, like you said, they, they sent you on this tour. They yeah. put you, did you make it the magazine? I can't remember. No, I didn't make Ebony. You didn't make Ebony? That's cool. You know, Dean Jones, she had a beautiful way of explaining things. You already <laughs> want Miss JC issue. Everything else is just icing on the cake. And yeah. I was like, hey, I'm here for it. Right. Um, what was the CIAA tournament like around that time for you, walking around as the queen, meeting other queens and stuff like that? It was wild. What year you was this? So crazy? Walk us through the year. That was what, 2012? 2012? See, I was still popping for real, for real. 2012, yeah. Yeah. Although 2008, 2009. The earlier days were the best 09. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy enough, a lot of people probably don't know this, but I, because I was an athlete, I was like the, a student representative for the tennis team. Mm -hmm. uh, we have this thing called SAC. Um, and y'all, you know Meech. Yes. She played basketball. Yep. She was the president, but of course she played basketball, so she couldn't represent our school at the tournament. Yep. And because I was the VP, I got to represent Smith. So CIAA put us up in a hotel, like all week of CI. Like every year I would be at the Hyatt with like all these other reps from all the CIAA schools. And it was just wild. We had access to like everything. Yeah. Crazy enough, my years as an athlete, I appreciated more than my years as queen mm. when I was in the CI. Just queen, access, just. Yeah, I mean, we had the same set it access out for you. as queen. But it was just like our schedule was dumb crazy. Dean Jones would be like, we got an interview at 5 in the morning, but you need to look like it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, girl, <laughs> we just got to sleep at 12 o'clock right. in the morning. Because it, there was one day Ashley took me to school from uptown. They had us staying at Aloft. And I'm like, why would you put us at the Aloft Hotel with one, one elevator? and we had to go to school to get something. It took us two hours to go from the arena to JCSU and back. On a Saturday? Yes. Yeah. And it was a I was to say, it had to be on a Saturday. People were like pulling at me, thugging at, like I got scratched up because people wanted pictures. What? And like, I was like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do this <laughs> anymore. And then the whole having to like walk around the arena and wave and like greet alumni. Your wrist hurts. It, it was a lot. Yeah. As an athlete, I was just chilling. Like we was just there. So where's that crown right now? It's collecting dust on the fridge. It is collecting dust. No, it's in a. It's in the little crown box. Okay. I need to do better with my memorabilia. That's cool. I think it's at my mom's house. So. You graduate from Smith, what happens? Like, did you get hired somewhere right away? Like, talk through life after Smith once you graduated. Yeah, so I actually became a teacher, which I got hired before I graduated. Um, went into teaching for five years. It's wild. Yep. Three years at first, and then I quit. I what was, was like, the school again? I went to uh, Charlotte, not Charlotte, Kennedy Charter first. Yep which ended up being on Smith's campus yeah. for a while. Yeah. And then after three years, I quit teaching. I was like, I'm done teaching. Like, I feel like I was perpetuating a system that was like failing kids. Mm. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I left 
and I spent all my savings that summer traveling and like doing the most. And I was like, wait, you ain't got no job, girl. <laughs> what you got going on in life? So then that's, I went back into teaching because, you know, that's a guaranteed job. Yeah, yeah. I went back into teaching for two more years. And then I was like, nothing has changed in teaching. I got to get out again. Yeah. So I left and that's how I got to Urban Promise. Urban Promise is a good spot for you. I remember coming out to that one school because y'all used to be on the south side. You did like a... Um, you did like a career day and I mm -hmm. came out there, man. And I'm I, always calling you up for yeah, a Yeah, man. Day. No, like I remember... I don't remember a whole lot from like my speaking engagements, but like I was just on it that day and I just like... I felt like I made an impact. But yeah, I do remember when y'all made that transition because mm -hmm. a lot of alumni were like, why would they put a high school on Smith's on campus? campus? Because they were trying to right. obviously protect the students and protect the student body. So it was just a whole thing. So let's fast forward a bit, right? Present day, <laughs> you launched a book it's wild. at the top of the year. I did. Right? Talk us about that. Talk to us about the book. Like, the, so the title is, is S-Z-N-S. That's some Drake Seasons. stuff. That's some Drake <laughs> stuff, right? So when I saw that, I was like, that's Drake. I mean, I have a copy. haven't I, read it yet. I love Drake. Of course you do. And I was like, she biting off Drake. But what made you want to do an author? I know you write poetry and stuff like that. Yeah. But what made you want to become an author? So crazy enough, I always said that my first book was going to be a poetry book. Yeah. Um, and I had said that for many years. And I had been writing poems um, on and off for years. Because it's weird. Like, I write in sprints. I'm like, oh, and I might crank out, like, 12 poems. And then might yeah. not write for, like, a couple months. And then it was, like, so the book launched in February. It was, like, October. I got home from church one day, and the Lord was like, what are you waiting on? Mm. And I was like, whoa, what am I so waiting on? So that was like on? a four-month turnaround. It was. I, I got out of bed. I was like, what am I waiting on? Like, you know, I've said this so many times over and over. Like, you got to put work to, the, yeah. to, to, your, to your words. Yeah. So I got out of bed, and I gathered, like, all the poems I had ever written. And I had like over a hundred poems that I written. Yeah. And I was I read through all of them, and that's where the title came because it was all of them. That, well, most of them were like a theme with love, and I was like, oh, this is just like different seasons of my life. Right. And you know, but it's all about love. And so that's where seasons came in. I didn't want to give it, you know, regular seasons, so you know, I went with the millennial. Right. So, like, when I think of it, and again, this is just my, like, could be my ignorance, but is it like, when you say seasons of love, it's not really about, like, a person or a group of people that you're in love. It could just be, like, you know, I was just feeling a certain way about this season. I loved it. Mm. So, it's... Is it, is it that simple? Is, is it thing. that complex? The book is really up for interpretation, such as art, right? Right. So... Um, I like to explain my poetry book as it's a one love story told in poems. So it's literally from front to back. I set it up like an album because I love music. There's an intro and then there's spring. So all the poems about spring talks about new love, fresh love, 
the blossoming of something new. Okay. Then we get an interlude. The interludes I didn't write. Friends of mine wrote those poems. Okay. Um, and then summer. What happens in the summer? Love heats up. You got flings, fireworks, you know, all that. Another interlude. Okay. And then we get fall. Fall, you know, you're like now settling in. You're getting to know this yeah. person. Yeah. You're like, mm, what's going on here? And then winter is cold. But it's, you know, it's cold. And it's about to be a rebirth. Right. Because you're about to hop back, hopefully, into spring. But it's not just on one love, right? Because I, I look at love. Love happens in all relationships, not just like in a man-woman relationship, but in friendships, yep. in parenthood, parent. Meaning you, you know, can have love for somebody. For, yes. So I think the book, it could be like a memory of you and a loved one. Yeah. Or like a partner. It could be you and your sister or your brother. You know, you can identify yourself. A strange think, love. Throughout yeah. the poetry book. I okay. love it. Um, this is my job to love it, though. So for somebody that, like me, like, how do you get a book published? Like, who edits it? Like, how, take me through that. Take you through it. So take me through going to gather all these pages and mm -hmm. say, you know what, these, this is, this is it. Like, do you Google? Like, Yeah. So I got my little thing. I printed it all out. I decided which poems I wanted where. I started to organize, and then I wrote down a list of like some next steps. And then I was like, oh, I need to write this amount of poems in this season. Because I found in my happy seasons, I didn't really have that many poems. Yeah. A lot of them were written in like those dark months. It's like, mm. oh, pain, sorrow. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a firm believer of keeping it in my circle. Right? That's the whole point of the podcast, right? Keep it on the Keeping Ford. the money on the Ford. Yeah. I hit Rika up. I was like, yo, Rika, I need you to read through this book. Tell me what you think. Tell me your ideas. And I need you to write me a description yeah. for the back. I hit my other friend up. Her name is Ashley. Really dope. She's really good at events. She really good in English. So I'm like... I literally outsourced it to three of my closest friends that I know, like, these are your skills. Yeah. Read this, tell me what you think. And then based on what they edited, like, that's what I edited in the book. And I rearranged or changed poems based on, like, their thoughts and ideas. That's dope and scary. Here's why. <laughs> that's dope that you have resources within people. your circle, right? They say, yo, this is, like you said, this is what you're good at. I need you to do this on behalf of this project. Mm -hmm. Scary in a sense of, like, if someone comes back, mark it up. Like, to be able to accept that constructive criticism oh. and, like, they just trying to help me. They not trying to hate. Because, let's be honest, we run into that. Like, I send people my stuff. Like, yo, what you think? Oh, that's trash. <laughs> or, like, I wouldn't do that color. And I end up doing the color, and the color ends up and selling like out. Popping. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So everybody has a different point of view is what I'm saying. So how did you go about getting critiqued or getting, I don't want to say support, but like just that guidance from your friends if it was something that you disagreed with? Yeah, so the beauty about it is that I trust my friends, and I trust their judgment. Um, 
And I don't know if you've read the four agreements, but one of the agreements is don't take anything personally. So although it's my work and it's what I'm, I'm doing, I know that it's for the greater good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when I see criticism or anything like that, cool. It's not directly against me. Um, so tell me what you got. Yeah. Um, but then at the end of the day, like you, it's, at the end of the day, it's like your decision, your final decision. Like you guys are here for input. Yeah. Um, and if I don't totally agree, then, and if I think this is going to work. Like one of the poems, so I have two poems in there that's called Black and White. And white is, well, it was in winter, and black was in, um, no, white was in spring, and black was in winter. Yeah. And so two of my friends read it, and was like, it was like the height of everything, you know, social justice going on. They're like, you know, you probably didn't intentionally try to do this, but it's like perpetuating just all the systemic things against black people and like praising white because white was like it's about purity mm. and like love and light and black was like straight rugged right. like nah <laughs> forget that and i was like dang two people read it and <laughs> thought the same thing yeah i was like uh -uh, i gotta change these so from there, like feedback on those poems, like I didn't take it personally. I reread them. I was like, mm, I see what you say. Right. I didn't think about it that way. Like I didn't read it through those lens, of course. I didn't write it through that lens. Yeah. But because of where we are in the world, you know, what society has got going on. Right. Like when they read it, that's what they thought of. And I was like, if y'all two thought of it this way, like more people, and I don't want that to like derail the project. Yeah, but that's the beauty of perspective, right? Yeah. Like you say, everybody has a different opinion. So the book has been out, what, six months now? Yeah, since February. Okay, so I, have, I like to ask this question uh, on the <laughs> podcast. How do you measure success with, with this book, being your first book? Um, I think... I measure it based on like people's reactions. Reactions. To book, to so it's book. not about sales. No, I'm really weird. Like people are like, how many books you sell? And I'm like, hmm, I probably should go check. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know? But I think I look at the poetry book as art. And art, one, you can digest it when you want to digest it. Mm -hmm. It's out there in the world, so you can get it when you want to get it. You know? And you can digest it at your own pace. But then, like, I'll get these random messages and be like, yo, like, this book forced me to do some healing that I didn't want to do. Yeah. And I'm like, my book made you heal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, too, I think being an author is a bit different than your business, right? Like, right. people love merch. People love T-shirts. People don't like to read. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm actually, uh, I don't hate it, but I'd rather listen to an audio book or I'd rather something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I, I get it. So I think that for me, I've never, like, when I thought about the project or even put it, crazy enough, I was going to put it out for free. And my mm. friends was like, you crazy. So how much is the book? It's $15 on Amazon. $15 on Amazon? Yeah. Um, and I was like, it's art. Art should be free. Everybody should be able to get art. And they're like, you worked so hard on this. Right. Like, you need to charge something. So you're hosting it on Amazon, so, like, Amazon drop ships it to them. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, light work. So That's you don't have any copies at the crib? I got copies you got at copies. the crib in the car. Look, wherever you want to pull up, I got a copy. Okay, so this is what I want to do. <laughs> I want to, if somebody listens to this, the first two people that want the book after listening to this, I'm going to buy it. So I'm going I'm to spend. Lit. I'm going to spend with Use you. this, man? Two, two books. So the first two people, whoever they are, let me know, and I'm going to make it happen for them. Make it happen. All right. Y'all listening. Matter of fact, yeah, we're going to do that. Um, I'm going to go back to something you said, because you said, like, the feeling, right? And then you kind of put it back on me. Somebody recently randomly hit me up and was like, this shirt gives me life. And I didn't know how to take yeah. that. Because, again, like, like you're saying, you're selling art. You're selling literature. I'm selling merch. But that's art, too, though. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't like it made me fresh. It's like, <laughs> it gives me life. And I'm like... Never thought cotton could give somebody life like that, you know what I mean? But everybody has a different feeling. So, like you said, it could be looked at as art, too. Right. Art. But I, I, I don't think I answered your question earlier. As far as how to get the book published. Oh. Got it all together, and then I started Googling, and I think someone had told me, like, you can self-publish on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So that is actually what I did. <clears throat> It's pretty simple to self-publish on Amazon. You create like an author KDP account and it like walks you through, it has videos, it has tutorials, and then it walks you through how to do it. Um, since I've written a book, crazy enough, like so many people have reached out right. and like asked like, hey, how'd you do this? Can you show me? And I'm like, hey, information is free. Here it is, right? I'm going to yeah. share with you. Whatever I know, I'm going to share with you. Yeah. It's a um, lot of people um, from Smith that's been, that's now authors that's been right. dropping books. And I think it's dope. Uh, do you have any aspiration, ambition to write another one? Write more? You know, people have asked, like, when's the second book? I'm like, yo, I enjoyed the first book. It's only right. been six months. Right. You ain't even get to go on your book tour. I didn't. I mean, you did come to the, uh, the pop-up shop. I did. That was dope. You know, but the book tour was going to be fire. Because I had... It was going to hit different cities. Yeah. Coffee shops. And poetry slams. And it was going to be based on the season. Yeah. So the Seasons of Love release, which was in February, was fire. Yeah. And then I would planned on going to Atlanta for the spring. We were going to do Seasons of Love conversations at dinner. Because the mm. book is also interactive. I want it to create... Uh, moments of mutual vulnerability with friends and groups yeah. and, like, have conversations. Um, but, you know, the Lord had other plans. Yeah. And I, I know, like, honestly, this is a time to, you know, again, pause with this whole stuff and then, you know, kind of like most of us in our lives and our businesses and our families, that we're regrouping, we're replanning, right? Maybe it's for the end of this year, this season, or top of 2021. So I was going to say, coming out of covid Whatever, whatever this new normal is, whatever it looks like, you know, do you hope to still do that book tour or, you know, yeah. make a run for something just because, you know, you want to continue to promote the book? Right. Yeah, I got some plans probably next year, early, mid next year. I want to essentially work out the plans I had planned for this year. Yeah. Just next year when it's safe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for my people like you that likes to listen to things, I'm 
plan on putting the book on audio. Okay. In the next few months. So that should hopefully be here before December. Will it be your voice or somebody else? Yeah, it's going to be my voice. Okay. Which is weird because I hate hearing my voice on audio. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the support been like with this book from like your peers, from your family? Do they ask for stuff for free? Like, what, how do you deal with that? Crazy enough, no one really asks for things for free. Um, I'm a natural giver, so I, I'll give away things, like, freely. Like, yeah. I meet a random person, I like you, and I'm like, oh, you wrote a book, yeah, let's talk about, oh, here you go, here's yeah. a free copy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so, and I like to take care of my people, if that makes sense. So, like, anybody that had to do anything with the book, um, a big part of it was like keeping it in the circle. So a lot of my friends help with the book for free. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer. I'm like, oh, you invested your time, energy. Some even invested their coins yeah. into like my vision. Which is and dope. So like I made each of them like a care package with like a book and like, you know, a sweater, some merch. Is my care um, package still on the way? Yeah. It's Snail mail. <laughs> Coming. <laughs> All right. Um, so like my friends and like my sponsors, because I reached out. I was like, yo, I need coins in order to pull off this event, and I just didn't have that. You know, I work at a nonprofit. Oh yeah, trust I me. I was no. like, I don't got the coins. So I created a list of everything I needed, like big items. Yeah. And I had prices and I sent it out to all my fam. I was yeah. like, hey. I need you to help me. Can you sponsor Pick something one. on this list? Like a registry, right? Right. Yeah. And they were like, bet, bet, bet. Everything that I asked for, I got. So along the lines of that theme, as we um, come around the lap to close here soon, um, you talk about support. You talk about resources. What is your idea? What are your thoughts around, you know, this whole recycling the black dollar. You know, obviously, I approach you about it. You say, yeah, you know, I'm highlighting you on the back of the shirt or whatever. But what's your idea around, like, recycling the black dollar? How can we continue to do that? I think, um, one, I love it. Uh, people got to buy into it, you know? Um, I was listening to the podcast with My Asia, and... You expect, you know, people expect so much from black businesses or they expect the same thing from black businesses that they do from, like, big corporations and right. they don't give, like, black businesses grace. Right. It's so easy for us to say, man, that's why I don't support black businesses, you know what I mean? Yeah, and sometimes I'm one of the people, I'm like, I be trying to support them. <laughs> that's real, though. But then I realize, I'm like, you got to give them grace, right? Yeah. So I think there's, like, levels to it. One... People got to buy into the notion of recycling that dollar and keeping it in the family. I think that's just, like, naturally my thing. I'm like, if I know somebody that can do this, I'm going to that person. Right. Right? And then I'm going to plug that person. Like, oh, who did your this? Bet, I know I'm going to plug you to this person. Yeah. Um, so I wholeheartedly keep the money in the fam is what I be saying in my yeah. own circle. Keep it in the fam. Um, so people got to buy in though. They got to buy in and they, they got to trust the process. Yeah. So what's the first step to buying in you think? Um, believing in that, in that group, 
yeah. believing in that division of that person, the organization, yeah. the plan. So I think that's the first thing. Like you have to trust that individual and that organization to produce something that you want and that you can keep and recycle. Trust is a, a very strong word because I think that's the reason why beforehand, before it got trendy and popular, that's why we wouldn't go to like a black doctor or a black yeah. accountant or a black lawyer because it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just something about the other side just seems a little more legit for some reason. And I think that's how history. What history taught us and brainwashed us that like the other side is better than our side. Where it's like, yo, like I want to be around somebody that looks and talks and can relate like me. Like, what does that mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. somebody that can make some potato salad or something. You know what I mean? And that's I think random. too, like supporting people regardless. Yeah. Because my thing is like, I hear a pop up shop, right? I probably bought something from everybody. Half of the things I bought, I ain't used. <laughs> I haven't worn. <laughs> it's literally just at my house, yeah. right? But I am like, oh, they went to Smith. They got a business. Bet I'm going to buy something. Right. Right? Because I'm going to support you as an alum. Even if I don't, even if we didn't go to school together. Yeah. Like, oh, you doing this? I'm going to support you. If and the you crazy thing. doing this, I'm going to support you. The crazy thing is a lot of people had that same notion. I, you know, I saw random people, even including my wife. Like, I couldn't go around because I was trying to man my station yeah. and interact with everybody. But we're all on the same mindset. It's like, yo, like. Not if you see somebody's booth kind of slow, but go over there and talk to them. Like, find something. Right. I ain't saying find the cheapest thing. Find something find you like something. and like, you know what? Let me get that. Or let me get two of these and let me go around because I believe in that power of one cell. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted people to make their money back. You know what I mean? So if you came up, you spent $25. Look, if somebody bought $30, you $5 you, up right now. You winning. You good. You know what I mean? You can go cook out and get you a, you know, whatever. A trait. How can people um, get in touch with you? Where could they go and buy your, your book? You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Plug yeah, your yeah. socials, all that. So you can hit me up on the gram, ro.sue, R-O dot S-U-E-E. -E. Um, you can follow my book page, which is called Seasons of Ro, S-Z-N-S dot of dot ro. Um, and that's going to be all things row. So my poetry, um, merch I'm dropping soon. I saw that. <laughs> uh, the book, hopefully, you know, when the book tour, we get back on tour. Yeah. All that will be there. Um, and if you need a row manager, I know this dude named Matt. He's pretty organized. Oh, you he's know. good? Yeah. Bet. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Amazon, so you can find Seasons of Love on Amazon. And you can find me on my website, RolandaSue.com. Okay. Um, and there you'll find two blogs, uh, content I've created, podcasts, uh, panels I've been on, all mm -hmm. that, you, all things real. Yeah, in a little shade I saw you the other day. I was like, you know, it's going to be cool. Like, Bibs, I've been on these things before. I was <laughs> no. like, oh, excuse me. I'm, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm just going to go back to my little smoothie over here. I'm kidding. But no, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on again. You know, the purpose of this was is to give people like us a platform that that came from our illustrious institution, 100 Betty's Ford Road, and to promote and plug their business and just talk about the highs and lows. Um, last question, for real. 
What would you give, what advice would you give to someone that's on the fence about starting a book or publishing a book or they, they have it, but they just, they, 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 they in that gray area. They need, they need that, push them to, that go, push. to go write that book or to release that book to the world. Start. Start. Yes. Simple. Because Take one step. When you start, that's where all the other, that's, that, the next step will come. For me, I was laying in bed and I had been saying, oh yeah, I'm gonna write the book, I'm gonna write the book. When I started, I told you the turnaround was October to February, yeah, it was out. Quick. <laughs> right? So that was like content, that was reaching out to a designer to create art for the book, that was having my friends edit, that was creating merch, that was playing a whole event. Like, it, it only took that one step of me getting that out of bed and just putting it all together. Right. And if you need a push, holla at me. Okay, I'm about to say, are you are you willing to uh, mentor? Yes, I love mentoring. a young author. I I mean I love everything about sharing knowledge. Right? That's dope. Some people learn things and they're like they don't want to tell anybody, right. they don't want to teach anybody. I'm not one of those people. If okay. I know it, you you gonna know it. I hope they hit you up. Hit me up. They gonna slide hit you in up. my DMs. Tell me who you are though. Don't slide on nothing shady like. <laughs> <laughs> Or hit me up on my website. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, pl plug your information one more time, please. Yeah, so you can holler at me at row.sue or sns.of.row. Row, appreciate you coming on the podcast. This is episode four, closing out of the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye.